Hey everyone, it's me, Ben Blacker, the host and moderator and creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel. Thanks for listening, as usual. Uh, today's interview is with Howard Gordon, co-creator of Homeland, showrunner of 24. He had three pilots this year. He's the busiest guy in Hollywood for the past six months. Uh, also a really terrific guy. Um, and uh, we had a nice chat. This is the penultimate of the Fast Company uh, showrunner chats the fast company magazine's most creative people issue included a bunch of these uh television folks um kindly of on their part myself included um but real great people like howard gordon graham yost liz merriweather vince gilligan uh the showrunners of key and peel go check those out they've been the past bunch of podcasts we've done and you can also see them on fast company's website fastcompany.com slash most dash creative dash people. Um, so uh, today we got Howard Gordon. Next week, Graham Yost, the, uh, the creator and showrunner of Justified, and he'll be the last of these Fast Company interviews. Uh, starting this Saturday, the long-awaited Nerdist Writers Panel Comics Edition um, with Len Wein, the creator of Wolverine, Swamp Thing, and hundreds more characters. Adam Beechin, who wrote Hench, Batman Beyond, and has done a ton of animation work. Heath Corson, uh, who co-wrote the Scary Godmother Halloween special and co-created Aim High, the web series, and myself. Uh, we sit around, we talk about writing comics, we talk about the business of comics. Uh, we're going to release those every Saturday, starting this weekend, uh, which is June 8th. So please uh, update your feeds if they don't update automatically and get the comics edition every Saturday um, for, uh, I think we're going to do it for, you know, a bunch of months and we'll take a little break and then we'll do a bunch more, but uh, count on getting those for quite a while. So Tuesdays and Saturdays, now you'll be getting Nerdist Writers Panel. Saturdays will be the comic edition. Tuesdays will be the regular edition. Um, And those comics ones have been a lot of fun. Speaking of comics, tomorrow, which is Wednesday... Uh, ben Acker and I, along with Len Wein, will be at Galaxy of Comics and Van Nuys, California, signing uh, a new comic book that Ben and I wrote. It's our very first foray into writing comics. It's Wolverine Season 1. Uh, we brought Len out to sign with us to kind of legitimize the thing, and because uh, uh, we, we figure maybe some people will show up if Len is there. Um, it should be a lot of fun. So we're at Galaxy of Comics from 4 to 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Um, and uh, that's in Van Nuys. That's Wednesday the 5th. And then on Thursday the 6th, we'll be at our home at Meltdown Comics uh, doing a signing and a writer's panel in the evening. Uh, it'll be me, Len, Ben Acker, and uh, Adam Beechin and Heath Corson, the co-hosts of the comics edition, will be there and they'll, they'll, we'll run a little panel. Uh, and you never know who else will show up. So please come by Meltdown Comics, 7 to about 9.30 p.m., on uh, Thursday, June 6th, and buy the comic and, you know, bring, bring other stuff to sign. We'll sign anything. Uh, I hope you enjoy these last couple of Fast Company interviews. I really hope you enjoy the Nerdist Writers Panel Comics Edition, which comes out on Saturday. And if you do like the stuff, please leave a review on iTunes. It always helps us, and helping us helps A26LA, the national nonprofit tutoring program for which all the proceeds from this podcast go. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon, I bet. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. 
Connors talking writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah. Thanks for making the time. We really appreciate it. And I know uh, Fast Company is very excited to, to have you on the record for them. Well, I really enjoy the magazine, and, uh, and I'm glad to do it. Thanks for having me. Good. Um, let's jump right in. I know you are crazy busy, and let's talk about why. Um, uh, <laughs> how... that's, between, that's, between me and my, that's between me and my analyst. <laughs> that's fair. How many pilots are you working on right now? Well, I'm working on three pilots in different stages of um, uh, well completion. One one is actually a pilot for TNT called Legends. I am just in the last gasps of post production on, uh, which stars Sean Bean, and that one we shot in January. And I've been, you know, uh, I just did some reshoots last week, and so that's going to be finishing up any day now. I'm uh, I'm just wrapped on a CBS pilot called Anatomy of Violence, which, because it's a network, has a very fast turnaround. I mean, we're in the same boat as most other pilots. Like the TNT one and, and, and Homeland were had, had a, a much wider time frame to sort of uh, get it, and this is really a uh, kind of run and gun, mm-hmm. um, and you have to sort of get it right the first time. Uh, but that's called Anatomy of Violence, and we finished shooting that just uh, three days ago, and I am prepping... Uh, one for FX called Tyrant, yeah, which uh, which we're not shooting till um, you know uh, probably August. Yeah. But, you know, but we're, we're because it's, it's, it's either going to shoot in in Morocco or Malta or or um, you know or Jordan. Um, we're still you know we're, we're it's going to it needs a little more lead time. Mm-hmm. But we're doing that with Angley. Yeah, that's that's so directing. exciting. Um, it, yeah. it, it's it's interesting to me, you know, that you've kind of gone from working on one show and one show and one show and, and you know, show running these shows or having created these shows. Um, and, you know, to put this in the terms that Fast Company likes, it's like you've gone from running a, a pretty big corporation to franchising in a lot of ways. Uh, how has show running prepared you for what you're currently doing? Well, it's, it's actually the, the, uh, the corporate analogy is, I think, an apt one. Uh, I mean, if this were a company, I'm, I'm a guy who started out on the assembly line and uh, <laughs> and then, you know, and, and really, I mean, honestly, my, my, my career has been, you could graph it with almost a 45, well, maybe it's a little more asymptotal than that, but it's certainly, fortunately, been, you know, uh, uh, kind of slow and steady. Um, uh, you know, I've been doing this now since 1984. Um, yeah. And so, I really, I, I really do have a. I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I, I'm. In fact, I know I'm not a genius, and I know I'm not even the best writer. But I know, I know that I probably have about as much experience as anyone doing it. And um, to the extent that I've kept my eyes open and learned a thing or two, um, I'm able to leverage that. And 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 I think to help other writers become better writers and other showrunners become better showrunners. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm. You know, I kind of, I kind of. Somebody asked me what I'm doing, and I try to describe it as sort of a showrunner runner. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Yeah, I mean, unlike other, uh, unlike other producers who are like you know, um, you know, who are non-writing producers, I I am able to get in there and, and when I need to take a pass on a script or, or speak a language. I mean, that, that that writers understand, you know, and that executives don't necessarily because just because they haven't done it. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a difference 
and managing talent. But it is a different thing. I find myself instead of sort of being a benign dictator, mm-hmm. which is what a showrunner gets to be. And you can run a dem- uh, you know, I, I was always fairly democratic, but still, someone is running the show. Here, I find myself, you know, to the extent that I have to sort of allow people their the latitude and their own voices. I find myself more of a prime minister than a, um, uh, you know, than a benign dictator. Yeah. I have to persuade other people to, you know, to, to their own, to see their own blind sides and hopefully also emphasize their strengths. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting position that you've carved out for yourself, and, and it seems like a, a natural one, both to your career and for the way that the business is and really ought to be going. I mean, you've proven that you, you know what you're doing, right, to, to a certain extent. Uh, so why not help help shepherd other projects? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really do. I, I really do. I've always enjoyed, even on a show as a showrunner, you really are working with other writers, and 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 so it really is just le- leveraging the same skill set. So, so tell me a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, tell me a little bit about. How, the nuts and bolts of that. I mean, you know, how do you help draw out these writers' voices so they have a strong voice in their show? And you know, what's what's your voice in these various shows? I have to say, if you probably ask any of the people who I'm working with, they would tell you my voice is fairly strong mm-hmm. uh, in the show. And it's, it's been a process. You know, when you're telling, um, you know, and well, it's, it's sort of like any any of you know, the, the thing about television is it, it is, with rare exceptions, a really collaborative medium. I mean, there are certain people who are more um, obviously auteurs, like Aaron Sorkin or um, Matt Weiner on, on Mad Men, although mm-hmm. they obviously rely on staffs as well. I think I think there's less room for other voices. I've always been someone who actually has. I, I, you know, I, I I like to think that I keep my ego checked at the door, and and I and, and in fact I kind of celebrate other people who are more talented than I am, and uh, or differently talented than I am, and mm-hmm. so I happen to be a very good collaborator. So the voice becomes, a, you know, it, it's always an amalgam, and hopefully it's it's a, it's a, it's a greater than the sum of any of its component of its component parts. And I think you know. Uh, 24 and Homeland are two great examples of shows that have benefited phenomenally from other voices mm-hmm. and from allowing the, the, the room for those voices to really sing. Yeah, what's, um, what, what's your day-to-day look like uh, these days? My day-to-day looks like, and this is the part I talked about with my therapist, because it, <laughs> it, I, I sometimes, I, I sometimes I, my two analogies are that I feel like I'm a plate spinner on Ed Sullivan. I don't know if you're, you may be too young to remember that, but, you know, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm running from plate to plate, and it feels at the beginning of every day like, it, you know, one or more of them are going to crash on my head. So, I, it, you know, I um, it really is a, it's probably something that, you know, maybe the benign version is multitasking and, and the more pathological version is, is, is ADD. But I go from one thing to the next. Uh, you know, and 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 sometimes I'll spend the entire day on a rewrite if that's what's pressing or if that's shooting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For on this TNT pilot, I I spent my entire I spent a day writing those two the two days of shooting, and I spent the next day on the set. But while I was on the set, I shuttled back to the editing room on um, on Anatomy of Violence and to the set of Anatomy of Violence, and then I popped into the writers' room on Homeland. Uh, Alex 
wanted to run something by me. Uh, so I find myself in, you know, uh, in, in, in any of a number of places. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I never know. I mean, it, it, it certainly keeps it interesting, uh, <laughs> but it, 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 it often feels impossible. And yet somehow I've developed the faith to understand that it'll get done. And so it becomes more of, um, you know, I, I don't think the stress or the panic that I probably felt when I was younger, I feel anymore. I just sort of get uh, turned on by the challenge of it and try to, you know, meet it as well as possible. Yeah, that's it's so impressive. I mean, you're you're doing high quality shows and doing them, you know, what for TV is really uh, in a kind of mass production. For shows that are kind of up and running, like Homeland and Tyrant too, I know they're breaking seasons at this point, or breaking the season rather at this point. Um, how involved are you in the story break and in, you know, helping to guide well, the show in that way? Well, here, that's the, you know, what you said is sort of the operative word, and I think the thing that I have yet to prove, and I mean this, and I really say it with all humility, uh, you know, I, I have been lucky enough to work on great quality shows, mm-hmm. and as you said at the beginning of the interview, shows that I was all in on, and, yeah. and, and I was 24-7 on every show, and, and um, on these, I, I just because by you know because of the rules of time and space, I can't be. But I'm. But at the same time, I'm intimately involved in every one of them. I mean, short, less so on Homeland. I mean, Alex Gonza is running that show, and by now, the show is so up on its feet and you know and defined. And Alex is so good, frankly, and so talented, and, and the room is so deep, the bench is so deep that I'm really you know I'm helpful, but not but 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 frankly unnecessary. Um, <laughs> whereas on these other nation project i think i'm far more crucial at this you know at this sort of midwife stage so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm in the room all the time breaking and i'm often when necessary rewriting you know as i said on on, on other shows i'm rewriting uh you know the, the tyrant pilot mm-hmm. uh with craig wright who is running it yeah uh, so, so, so I do, but I'm able to roll up my sleeves again. The analogy of the, uh, of the of the guy who worked in a factory, I can go back on the uh, assembly line at any time, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and work there. And I think that's, I hope that that's a way to keep the quality to a level that's actually, you know, sure. something that won't that, that that'll be at a certain level. But I'm, but I admit I'm I'm afraid that uh, you know by definition, unless I get extremely lucky. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, selling these most recent shows, and maybe uh, Homeland may turn out to to have been uh, a good example. But but you tell me, um, you know your your production deal is is fairly new, right? A year old, two years old? Not even no, it's not even a year old. That's, it's only been that's crazy. Eight months. Yeah, and and you can you kind of came out with all of these pilots, and three of them uh, have gone to pilot. Um, Tell me about, you know, shopping these ideas, finding these collaborators, bringing them to studio and network. Well, uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot more, you know, I have, I have some, uh, Hugh Fitzpatrick runs my company. And so, uh, you know, we're pitch writers all the time from various agencies. The studio has got um, uh, a couple of people who have deals at, at 20th. And, and so, you know, just, you know, it, it happens more casually than you imagine. It's a little bit like, like dating. Um, you know, you meet writers whose work you've admired, and either you have an idea you want to pitch them or they have an idea they want to pitch you. And the ones that, you know, there's something I can only describe it as, as, as a, a visceral excitement when I hear something. <laughs> and it's, not, it's formless, but it's sort of an emotional response that 
you know, you sense what it could be or what emotional contract you think you might be striking with an audience. And then if that excites you, then you pursue it. But, you know, sometimes it turns out and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, the creative process for, you know, like building houses, they come out, you know, pretty straight and pretty sturdy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's why most, most of the business is based on failure. There's, I don't know that there's <laughs> another business that has an R&D that, that is so, you know, fraught with the wreckage of last year's development. I mean, <laughs> hundreds of pilots, dozens of pilots developed, uh, you know, uh, several dozen shots, you know, a dozen on the air, and one or two survived into the next. I think sperm have better odds than <laughs> most pilots. It's a, yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting point. Is there a way to circumvent that, or is there a different system you know that you've considered having been through this for so many years and so many pilots? Well, there are two things. I think cable was really kind of an epiphany for me. Um, Homeland was the first time I've been on a, I've done a cable show oh, because sure. the season the season isn't so punishing and isn't as prescribed as the network development season. It, it, I mean, time helps. That's one prescription. For, mm-hmm. for if not, if not success, then certainly a better giving yourself a better chance of succeeding. Because you know, um, you know, if you miscast a role, you can recast it. Or if you, uh, you know, I, I think time is just a really, is, it's just a crucial ingredient. Now, it doesn't mean you know, sometimes you do things really well fast, and sometimes you do things you know not so well slow. But I think all things being equal, I'd rather that that the time frame. Uh, I think doing fewer episodes helps, which cable is part of. But I think, I think it, you know, I think all I can do is say maybe I've, I've been lucky, but I also have, have 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 a judgment that's really been honed by you know thirty doing having done this for thirty years. So I have my taste and I have my experience, and so maybe I'm less inclined to make the mistakes that other people might make. And I can tell you that there are many shows I see at a very primitive level that other people are doing, and I can certainly see those mistakes abundantly, mm-hmm. and I've seldom been wrong. Uh, you know, there. So, you know, if I could, if I could go to Las Vegas and 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 take odds on, uh, you know, on on some of the development slates that I've seen, I'd have done pretty well there. Um, uh, but as far as the system, it's really it is a crazy system, and I think uh, I think I understand it, and I understand why, despite everybody's best uh, efforts to change it, meaning the calendar, and not make it. You know, right now in, in network development, you. Uh, I'm talking only specifically about network development. Yeah. You know, you have your pilots. You write them by Christmas or New Year's. They're they're picked up, and there are dozens of us scrambling for the same actors and the same directors. And so it's like a game of musical chairs. And inevitably, you're making compromises that are due to per, you know insufficient cast or, or or compromises in the cast. You really have to get lucky. I don't know how else to say it, but you yeah. have to get lucky. I mean, Jeff Goldblum was 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 actually some one high-ranking executive's choice for for Jack Bauer, <laughs> over Keeper Sutherland, and and had that had that been had that person gotten their way, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Twenty-four would be twenty-four. <laughs> be a very different show. As you were developing these pilots this year, uh, were you able to come to the table when it came time for network notes with a little bit of clout because of Homeland and Twenty-four? Uh, what was the notes process like guess, for you? Well, it's funny. I think I definitely have. Um, I have about as much. <laughs> I think I have a lot of. I wouldn't. I'm not going to call it clock, but I, I'd say I've earned some credibility. Sure. But, but at the same time, and you'll hear this from everybody who is 
you know, kind of in my position, is, is that, you know, these guys also are making, you know, huge investments of tens of millions of dollars. And so they have their opinions and, you know, all, whatever my track record might be, uh, I still I still really need to need to show, um, you know, show it. I'd say in the in the in the you know, in the marginal calls or, you know, I get a little bit of uh, good faith credit, mm-hmm. but not as much as you might imagine. I certainly don't have a blank check. I'll put it that sure, way. Sure, of course. Yeah, I, I don't know that anybody could these days, you know, with the studios set up the way they are and the networks the way they are. Uh, but overall, has it been a good process for you this year? Yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot. And one and one thing I learned is I actually think I overreached and, and, and developed too many things. I, I had a very late start, and I... I um, I didn't listen to my own inner voice, which is one of the things you you know you do learn as you get older, and that has to do with either micro or macro decisions, um, like which projects to take on and to foster. And, and I probably took on uh, some I didn't feel as passionate about, and 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 in the end, they you know lo and behold, the ones I felt best about are are, are working out, and the ones I felt you know less good about didn't. Interesting. And so I think. Taking fewer shots, fewer better shots is probably my one takeaway yeah. from this year. But I also am kind of greedy, and I have I'm, I'm greedy in a very kind of infantile way, and <laughs> it's hard sometimes to, to, to you know because the truth is you never do know really. No, oh sure, of course. Well, and that's that sort of comes back to doing you know responding to the material that you personally respond to or the collaborators that you personally respond to. Um, is, yeah. Would, you know, looking at the shows that you've developed and that you've worked on in the past, especially, you know, 10 years, 15 years even, uh, it feels like there is a, a Howard Gordon voice. Um, you know, it may not be the Sorkin or the Joss Whedon or, you know, one of these, Matt Wine or one of these guys, but, you know, you clearly have the, the topics you're interested in and ways you care to explore them. Have you, have you been reflective in that way? Have you looked at your work and said, yes, uh, you know, that's I, me? I, I, I have, and I hope I'm not being – and it sounds pretentious to actually talk <laughs> about these kinds of things. So I, I really offer that caveat because – but I, but it, the truth is, you know, I am interested in – and I can really trace even in every single show I, I've been part of what interested me. And, and they really are basic questions of what it means to be alive, what it means to be a good person or a person trying to do, you know um, – Something that matters to you in this world, and and uh, and some of the and, and and navigating through people and situations in life. Um, and again, the, you know, I, I I say that because the, the you know, um, but but I do have and and I, and I have obviously interest in foreign policy and in and and curiosity about the world and some of the challenges that we're all facing in the world and whether it's issues of terrorism and and and. And, and matters of security versus privacy and 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 uh, the rights that we have as citizens in a in a free in a democ- an open democracy mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 asking at, drama asking a lot trying to ask the questions have characters live through the questions and the complexities of those questions um, without offering too many answers I mean hopefully um, you know I I'm, I'm sort of interested in. I've always been interested in how characters are put in a tough situation and have to navigate making sort of the better of two bad choices. Hmm. That is a, that, that's always a dramatic staple. Um, but I try to find 
if I have a voice, I would just say that I'm, I'm pretty rigorous. I mean, people I think who I, I work with would probably tell you this, that I'm pretty, um, you know, I, I really try to find the emotional core of a character, and that takes excavating. It's not always apparent. Um, and uh, so I, I, I know, like you say, it's not as, it's not, it's not as, it's not as um, overt or as identifiable, let's mm-hmm. say, as, as Aaron Sorkin's voices, but I think those people who know me, who work with me, and maybe people who followed my work, I f- can tell. I mean, I have had people say, I knew that was your, I knew, I knew that was you. <laughs> I didn't see the writing credit, but I knew that was you. So I suppose I do have a voice. Those things you point out absolutely are, you know, what we come to expect from uh, a Howard Gordon show now. Um, and it's it's interesting to me looking at some of the early credits you have uh, on X-Files and then on these Joss Whedon shows. You know, even then, these were questions that you were getting to explore. Um, and, and we've talked to a, a number of uh, writers who came out of both of those camps, um, X-Files and uh, Buffy and Angel, and like... You know, uh, Doug Petrie said working on Buffy was akin to going to Hogwarts for how much he learned uh, and what an experience it was for him. And, you know, Vince spoke in similar terms about uh, the X-Files. It must have been a crash course for you. I mean, you you were a pretty young, new guy on the scene, especially on X-Files. You must have learned so much. I absolutely did. I mean, you know, you also learn from your... um you learn from your peers, and I've had, I got to work alongside, you know, uh, Chris Carter and, and, and Glenn Morgan and Jim Wong and, and Vince Gilligan, and uh, and we all came up together, and so, you know, I, yeah, to have learned from, you know, from our peers, and I hope, yeah. well, hopefully, I think some people learn from, learn from us as well, and, you know, um, looking back, it's it was great. I mean, to the, like you say, Joss Whedon was one of the great pleasures watching him break story. Hmm. And that was an example, for instance, where I really, you know, that wasn't my voice, and it wasn't, it was a voice that at best I did kind of a half, uh, <laughs> a half-baked imitation of, but I, 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 I certainly appreciated Joss's voice, and I appreciated, appreciated you know, uh, and I, I call it a kind of genius, because there was a, uh, 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 a collision of styles and tones that I think that's what I sort of consider genius, something that I haven't seen before and that's unexpected. And that, and, and Vince Gilligan does something similar too. And, and I, I got I to say, I'm probably more than anything else a fan of these talented people who I've had the <laughs> privilege of, of, of. I really am. I'm like almost a crazy, worshipful fan of, of some of these people. And so, uh, again, and, and doing it my, and having done it myself and doing it myself only makes me appreciate what they do that much more even in failure i mean you know i i, I appreciate the noble failure as much as the soaring success mm-hmm. well i i promise you that there are you know young writers myself included who look to you and look at what you've done and and our fans in the same way um well thank you uh i i know you you pretty much have to wrap up but um do you have time to watch tv these days that's a great question <laughs> not, not nearly enough um I, uh, I, but I, but I, you know, the, the thing is, here's an interesting, uh, my habits, my viewing habits have changed since having an iPad. That kind of changed everything for me. Oh, sure. I tend to watch, you know, I, I try to watch shows with my wife. We're, right now we're watching The Americans, enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm, and I'm really, honestly, I'm catching up on some of the great TV that fortunately has been curated by the public and by the critics. Like, you know, I'm catching up on, um, on, um, you know, I caught up late on Dexter and, and I mean, thought it was, you know, fantastic. I'm rewatching Sopranos now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, um, watching Louis C.K. and, 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 and girls, but kind of, you know, on a catch just catch can basis. Sure. Right now, the only thing I'm watching kind of regular, regularly is basically um, right now is the, the American. The only thing I think I'm watching with any regularity. Sure. You know what? I wanted to ask you before we go. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about finding these collaborators, and uh, how did you get Ang Lee involved in uh, Tyrant? Uh, you know, uh, you know this. I, I Peter Rice, who is the head of the chairman of uh, of. Um, Actually, you know, I don't know what his title is, but he's the big boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he came from um, Peter used to run the, uh, the film division here, or the you know the um, uh, searchlight, and was you know was responding. You know, so he knew Ong from I think Brokeback, and from I mean from the old. He's, they've known each other for a long time. I think it was at the Golden Globes. Uh, we had just come out with a script, and he mentioned it to Ang, and 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 he and he read it, and it, and he and he really liked it. So when I got the call from Peter, and actually and John Landgraf at uh, FX, mm-hmm. uh, it was I, I, I sort of blinked. I couldn't believe. <laughs> I, I sort of thought I was being punked. But but we wound up meeting wound up meeting with him over the course of several meetings, and it was a courtship for 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 sure. But he was, you know, and, and we did a pass based on some notes that, that he gave. But basically, he signed on, and, and, and amazingly enough, signed on two days after he won the Academy Award. Yeah. He asked us only that for, the, for the weekend. He said I, he was distracted with promoting the, the, the movie and doing all the pre-Oscar festivities. But two days later, he said yes. And, um, and, it was, uh, and it's been just a tremendously exciting collaboration. But I really attribute it to Peter Rice. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so wild. Um, well, congratulations. Uh, you know, that script is great. I can't wait to see how it comes out. And I really, you know, I look forward to the others. Um, and good luck with them. We're... Well, thanks. I just, again, I, I live not to disappoint. <laughs> well, and thanks again for taking the time. Uh, I know how busy you are these days. It's my pleasure. Thanks, man. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com.